Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lamed Hey in Maseches Babakama. Guys, we hopefully will need the, for those of you who uh, are learning the Ilan Ishmaster of Chaim Zeb Melinowitz, it's also we're going to bring you, we bring you the second volume of Babakama, amazingly, tomorrow. Also, it's Erev Hanukkah. We're going to need a Hanukkah miracle over here to get through. We're going to try to go deep into Daf Bez of Lamed Hey, which means we're going to hold cup. Once we get to the Mishnah uh, on on Lama Dalit of Inves, we're going to be, a little, or on, yeah, we're going to be in a little bit better shape. So here we go. Let's start, okay, from the following statement. The question was like this. There's a Pasuk, okay? The Pasuk said, regarding a short time, that gore is another short. V'chigof shor ish es shor re'ehu, v'meis umachu es shor ha'chai, v'chatsu es kaspo, v'gam es ha'meis yechatsun. We saw there was a Machlokas of Yehuda Rameyer. Who is selling the live shore and the dead shore. Is it Bezdin that's selling it? Is it the Mazik and the Nizak that's selling it? So Rabbi Yehuda says that, like the Pasuk maybe suggests Pashup shot, that the Mazik and the Nizak are selling it. Right away at the time of the incident, there is a, a situation where they become essentially right Shutfin. They're both selling the live and the dead shore together, and they split... Both. That's what Chatzinezek would be for a short time. In other words, they split the value of both the carcass and the value of the, of the live shore, and that's how you pay Chatzinezek. Where Mayer says you only sell the Mazik shore, and you pay the equivalent of half of both together, to which we wanted to know, my benai, what would be the difference? So Rava said that the difference is the depreciation of the novella, which is to say, according to Rav Mayer, right, you say that, that the Nizak, right, absorbs the, the Pras Nevela because it's calculated at the moment of injury, right? This, by the way, is what would be the case in the, in the Shor Mu'ad. In other words, if a habitual Shor Gores, he pays a Nezak Shalem, right, but, but he pays a Nezak Shalem based on how much damage he did at the time of the actual, at the time of the actual incident, okay? However, if the short, uh, whatever depreciation happens to the carcass uh, is entirely, right, uh, on the nizak to absorb, right? That's not the responsibility of the person who did the damage. He did the damage, and at the time of the incident, there's a value at how much damage he did, and he pays that fully. That's in the case of a muad. And so similarly, Rameyer would say in the case of, right, a tam, you'd pay from the time of the Incident, where there's Rabbi Yehuda hold that the Pachas Nevela is, is on the Mazik to absorb, right? Because Rabbi Yehuda is saying that you, right, you sell both and, and you split both, right? So you sell both right, right away and it is therefore the damager's uh, responsibility. So then Amar Abaya, we had said, Abaya didn't like this Pshat of Rabba because he said, if that's the case, Matsun Rabbi Yehuda does, and we start from the first words on top of Lama Dalar and we didn't explain what it meant yesterday, Tam What that means is that according to the way we just explained it, in a situation where there's a severe amount, like a really unusual amount of depreciation from the time of the incident to the time that you get to Bezdin, so if indeed, according to Behuda, that's absorbed by the Mazik, then you may find, in theory, a scenario where a Chatzin Nezek ends up being a larger payout than a Nezek Shalim, right? Because if the Nezek Shalim is only from the time of the incident and you don't have to be accountable for any of the depreciation, 
So then maybe if you have a shore that depreciates $1,000, right, uh, right, then that might be turned out to be more than the entire payment for the damages that you did in, in a full Nezik situation, right? And so you have $1,000 shore that gets gored and, and you did like whatever, $100 worth of damage. It's still a very valuable novella. So that's fine. So then you'll pay for Nezik Shalom, the full $100 worth of damage. For Chati Nezik, you pay $50 worth of damage. But then all of a sudden, over the time, by the time you get the Bezin, that carcass is now worth virtually nothing, right? So now there's another $900 loss. So you're going to end up having to pay what? You're going to have to have to pay half of, half of $900 plus the half of $50. That now you're talking about, right, a, uh, a much larger payout for the short, for the short time than you would have for the shore mu'ah. The chatzin nezek, if you take into account the, depre- the severe depreciation, turns out to be more than a nezek shalim. Okay, according to Rabbi Huda. So this was the kasha that Abai had on Rav. So let's go, let's, let's turn it up. Here we go. Maybe you'll say, okay, that's true. Comes out this weird scenario where you're paying more for the shore time than the shore mu'ah. Uh, but it's still, that's the halacha. The answer would be, that can't be. Uh, or, may, or maybe you're saying, Maybe, the, and, and indeed, we learn in the Mishnah on Memhe and Bez, as we'll see, that that sometimes can happen, that we have a precedent for such a thing. In other words, you're not allergic to a short time paying more than short muad. What would be the, what would be the precedent? As follows. That there is a certain case where a time is chayev and a muad pater. What's the case over there in the Mishnah on Memhe and Bez? What happened was, it's a case of what's called a shmir pachusa. There was a minimal amount of shmir done, okay, Amazingly enough, as we'll see in Memhamed Bays, that the way in looking at the Psukim, there is a question, and it's ironic halacha, that uh, Baal Hashor, Barry's bull, if his shore is a habitual uh, shore muad, he only needs, for whatever reason, to have a shmirah that's normal but minimal. In other words, he doesn't have to have a massive amount of shmirah. Uh, the fence doesn't have to be like so incredibly severe, as opposed to for a short time you're going to be chayiv chatzinezik even if you guarded it uh, not that not that great. In other words, that's be a normal fence, but it doesn't. But if the normal fence gets broken through by a short time for whatever reason, as we'll discuss in Memhamed Bay's, Barry is indeed chayiv. Whereas if a normal fence is broken through by a nor- by a short muad, Barry is not chayiv. So what does Rabbi Huda say? We'll say that indeed Rava would suggest that there are certain other scenarios where you are more chayef for a short time than you are for a short mu'ad. And therefore, in that case, Rabbi Yehuda, Oimer, Tam, Chayef, and Mu'ad, Pater. And it is indeed Rabbi Yehuda over there who says that the Tam is going to be chayef and the Mu'ad is going to be Pater. So we see this precedent for Tam being more chayef than Mu'ad. So, Eimer, the Shamasle, the Rabbi Yehuda. So I will, I will say, when did you hear that he said that? In other words, Abaye now is doing what's called in Yiddish, bavorning the Kasha. Abaye is saying, I don't like Rava's shot because the Tom ends up paying more than the Muad. And if you're going to say that there is indeed a precedent for that, I will tell you, Amar, the Shamas of the Rebuda, I would say, what is the case where, where Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Tom pays more than Muad? Le'inyan Shemira. Yeah, it's not that the Tom pays more. It's that the Tom sometimes, yes, is a little more Chamor. It does have a higher standard sometimes, but that's only with respect to Shemira, as we indicated. We already pointed out that that's only with respect to what would be the threshold that we would expect to be the minimal shmir for the bull, the ksive kray. And that's born out of 
what we would call a gzeras akasav, as we already said, and as we'll see in Mameo and Beis Bezrat Hashem, Rabbi Yehuda learns that out of the psukim, right? That's just, it's like a, it's an anomaly that, that is read into the, the drasha and the psukim. However, we don't learn that with respect to payments, which is to say as follows, right? There is a, again, a unique anomaly that with respect to the amount of shmirah that's required, it's an irony that's born out of the psukim that the tam requires a little bit less, uh, um, the muad rather, may not, uh, would be sufficient with a regular shmirah, the tam would not. Okay, but that's with regards to shmirah. But to say, says Abaye, that a short Tom's owner would ever have a scenario where he pays more than a short Muad's owner is ridiculous. That we would never do. Those are two different things. So says the Gemara of Hatanya, well, if you're going to say that, I'll say that the Bryce of Yehuda, Omer, Yachol, Shor, Shavin, Mane, Shonagach, Shor, Shavach, Hamesh, Shlaim, Vanvela, Yafasela, that there is in fact a case, right, where Yehuda says that you might have thought that a, let's say $100 Zuz, that, that Gore's in this particular case, Andrews is a nearly worthless zuz. It's not, it's not, it's not worth that much. And so it's not a very valuable shore. It's not a very valuable novella, right? The, so in that case, the damage is four slimes. So you, you would say in that case that uh, what, what's going to happen is, right, the depreciation is for slime, right? Is the depreciation is for slime, which is uh, sixteen zuz. What's going to happen there? Certainly, there the tam is going to net more than the muad, right? Because again, a short muad, there wasn't a really big amount of. Um, there was a lot of depreciation. Depreciation here, right? Is is uh, five slime, right? The depreciation there was eighty percent. Okay, so a shore mood, there's only so much you're going to have to pay. In other words, if Barry's uh, ox is a shore mood, he's not paying a lot. Your shore isn't valuable, that valuable, Andrew. But at the end of the day, right, what happened at the end? The, the carcass was, went down right, four zuzim, whereas the depreciation was 16 zuz. Anyway, it's exactly the case what we said. If you're going to say that what's going to happen is that the tam is going to net more than the mood there, so Amart, I will answer to you, right, why was the Mu'ad singled out in the Torah? And again, this is just a quote of the Brisa. So what is the Brisa doing? It's actually articulating, right, exactly what we just said. It's articulating the idea that it seems ridiculous for the Tom to pay more than the Mu'ad. And that is exactly how the Brisa says it now. It says, Mu'ad l'mayyotze. Why does the Torah single out a Mu'ad from a Tom? Which is to say, in the Psukim, we have Mu'ad and we have Tom. Why are we making such a distinction? To pay less? No. Right? The Bryce is saying the whole reason why we're learning Tom and Mu'ad, not the whole reason, but the basic idea is that a Mu'ad, an owner of a Shor Mu'ad has to pay more. So if you're going to have this idea of a Yehuda that, you, that if the depreciation is great, that you end up paying more for the Tom, that seems to go, go against the whole point of distinguishing between Tom and Mu'ad. So I would have say, says the Bryce, have you Omer love? Right, I would say that that can't be the case. That um, a, ta- a muad owner should always pay more than the tam's owner. That should be a kavachomer. A kavachomer would be therefore uma muad and therefore just like a muad only pays what he damaged, right? So tam hakal tam, which is supposed to pay less than muad isn't it therefore obvious that 
the that the nizak shouldn't right doesn't receive half the value of the depreciation right in the case of a tam. Okay, so what's happening here is the Rabbi Yehuda there in that very brisa is clearly indicating that he holds that a tam is more lenient than a muad. So even though it's true that with respect to that there's an anomaly with respect to Shmira, with respect to payment, it is clear that the sheet of Rabbi Huda is that Atam always pays less than a muad. There will be no scenario where he pays more. And clearly, if that's the case, then it would not make any sense that the, the owner of the Tom would pay for the depreciation of the carcass. That's basically Abaye's, right? Um, Abaye here shoots down Rava, amazingly, right? So he says that can't be the shot between Rabbi Huda and Rameer. It can't be that what they're arguing about when they say, right, that, that either you sell both and split both or you just, or just sell the animal of Barry's bull and then split the equivalent of what would be the, the value of both. There must be a different shot into what the machlokas between them would be. So, El Amar Yochanan, so now we're suggesting a different shot in what the machlokas of Meir and Yudah and the Mishnah is as follows. Not the depreciation of the Nevela, but rather the appreciation of the Nevela. As it says, El Amar Yochanan, Shvach Nevela Ikabeinau. The appreciation is what's, how so? The Mar Savar Dinizakavi, right? Because let's say, that's an unusual thing. What happened is the market value, right? A carcass doesn't usually appreciate after death, but the market value for meat can appreciate, right? Meat's more expensive all of a sudden, COVID prices or whatever. So Mayor is going to hold that who gets the benefit of that appreciation? Entirely Andrew, right? The, the, the Nizak. Amara Savapalga, whereas Rebihuda holds that no, that, have, that, that again, that everything happens later. You sell them both, you split both, and therefore, right, even Barry's gonna, is, going to, um, these, is going to gain the appreciation. Now, Barry isn't going to get rich off of this, but the amount of appreciation of the meat is going to be actually reducing his liability, right? He's going to have to pay less because, in fact, right, the, the, the amount of Andrew's bull increased. See how that works, Barry? Because... You take the amount of your bull, which stayed the same, because your bull is still running around in the fields, right? That is the one that did the goring. But if, but you take that and you take Andrew's the value of Andrew's bull, and then you you split it in half, right? And each one gets half. Well, if Andrew's bull appreciates, so then even though your bull stayed the same amount of value, right, you end up paying a little bit less because his bull uh, appreciated, and that becomes part of the uh, math. Okay. So the Gemara says, "Vehind the kakash le Rehuda hashadam as chas rachmana yilay the mazak shakal b'shivcha." But even there, uh, there you're going to have, um, and there you're going to have this this resolution of shevach nevela is going to be actually helpful, right? Because that explanation, that is why, based off of that, why why Rabbi Yehuda asked a question in the following brisa. Rabbi Yehuda reasoned as follows: It says, "Hashadam as chas rachmana yilay the mazak shakal b'shivcha." Now that you said. Right, that the Torah was compassionate towards Barry. Right, how is it compassionate? Because it says you take a part of the appreciation of the carcass. Well, just that, just that Hava Amina, okay, as we will see, just that first sentence already tells you that that's what he holds the Pshat is. <laughs> right, like Rabbi Yochanan says, now that you say that Barry gets the appreciation, well, there you go, there's the Pshat. Right? That's Rabbi Yochanan's suggestion, right? That we have this b'risa, and in that b'risa, right away he says that that's the, that, that the bear gets the appreciation. Well, then he does 
question that because he says in the Bryce as it continues, Yachol if a very cheap shore, that's only five slime, right, gores Andrew's fancy bull, right, that's like a hundred zuz as opposed to twenty zuz. Uh, what happens is as follows. Barry, right, actually has a very cheap bull, but it manages to really do some damage on Andrew's fancy bull. So what's going to happen? That if you're going to say that Andrew's bull appreciates a lot and it's a very fancy bull, what's going to happen is if you split both and then take the proceeds of both, uh, Barry is kind of making hay from this whole incident, right? Says the Brisa, Amart Hechan Matzinu Mazak Niska Shazaniskar, right? We're going to find a situation where Barry actually profits from his damage, right? Because all of us, because, you know, sometimes it pays to, right, uh, it pays to get uh, injured by a really rich person or a really rich company, right? You sue them for like a million dollars. You sue Starbucks, right, for $800 million because the coffee was too hot on your tongue, you know what I mean? So what happens is, right, you, the mazik is, is going to be niskar in that case because of the damage. So we can't say that, says the Gemara of Omer, and this is going to be important. The Brisa continues, says, and furthermore, shalem yishalem. It also quotes a Pasuk. The Pasuk says that he should surely pay. Where, where, why does it say shalem yishalem, shor tachat ashor v'amesi yelo? Right? That's in the Pasuk of Shemaz Chafalaf Lamvav. What's Shalem Yishalem? Says the Gemara, Bailem Yishalem Ve'en Bailem Notlin. That in every case, the owners of damaging oxen, as is the case with Barry's bull, they always pay out. They don't actually, you know, it's not a business, right? You don't, you don't as a business, buy like a super aggressive cheap ox and start hitting up and start, you know, damaging um, very, very rich oxen. Because that would be ridiculous. And so Shalem Shalem is the Pasuk backing this up, right? And saying that that, that can't be. It can't be that Barry is going to benefit from the Shvach, right, of the Nevela. Be that as it may, the whole Hava Amina, as we said, the whole discussion only gets off the ground if indeed the Pshad is like Rabbi Yochanan, that where Rabbi Huda. so again, the, what, what he's doing is, in the Brisa, he's complaining, so to speak, right, that, that, um, that Barry wins out if he gets the appreciation of Andrew's right bull when, when meat becomes very expensive on the market. But just the very fact that he has that complaint shows that that's what he holds the trout is, right? That, that, the, that what happens is that Barry actually gets the appreciation of said carcass. So having explained that, that's Rabbi Yochanan, okay? So that's what's going on. So now the, the Gemara just wants to know a detail, Maiva Omer. Why do we have to say, in other words, it seems nonsensical for Barry to... Um, it seems nonsensical, misvara, right? Out of logic, for Barry to uh, get any money out of this uh, uh, arrangement of his bull goring. So why do you also have to have a pasuk to back it up? Asks the Gemara. Says the Gemara, mahani Maybe you're going to say the only reason, right, that that we have this argument, right, that uh, that Barry shouldn't profit is when in fact it is something where Andrew loses, right? So in other words, it wouldn't make sense. For Barry to profit and for Andrew to lose, Avalhecha the lake of In this case, right, everyone wins, right? It's just a high tide that floats all boats. Like Andrew's bull ended up being worth a lot of money. So it's true Barry's making off money on this, but Andrew is also making money off this, right? So why should we uh, begrudge the fact that Barry's making money? Andrew's not losing. 
So maybe we're only find it sort of like offensive for Barry to make money off it if Andrew's going to lose. But when Andrew doesn't lose at all, like the case where the Nevela, right, ends up uh, appreciating. So, so in that case, maybe we are okay. We're, we're going to allow uh, Barry to get some money because after all, he's getting money, Andrew's getting money, everybody's getting rich off of this, so it's not such a big deal. For that reason, says the Gemara, we say, Ve'omer shalem shalem. And it's in that case where both Andrew and Barry are making money that we say no. That even in a case where Andrew's going to be making money off the deal, we, are, we frown on that. We say that no, Barry should always be paying. After all, the bialim in this case means an owner of, an, of a goring, damaging ox, should always pay out, not make money off of it. And that is why we have the extra pasuk in that price of fine. So now we're in the middle of Lamdalim base, and we're going to return back to this machlokas. Rameir and Rabbi Huda, right? Rabbi Huda said that, the, that, the, um, that we sell both, right, uh, the animals, and we right, both the dead and the live, and we split them both. So now let's look a little deeper into that. I'm going to know. It's the same conversation we had before, right? Um, and we're just doing another revolution here. Can you say, therefore, that there's a case where a Tom pays more than, right, uh, here, there, what's the situation? That again, the Tom pays more than Chatzinezek. How so? Right? Because he's, because he's paying, right, with the, uh, the, because of the value of the carcass, it turns out that he pays more, that a Tom pays more than a Chatzinezek. And after all, the Torah specifically said that it has to be half and half. So how do you account Right, this idea of the appreciation or depreciation of the carcass with respect to the fact that it's supposed to be really half and half. From the sounds like it should be half and half from the time of the incident. And that so Isla the Rebihuda, Pchas Shepachta Misa Machzin Bachai. So it's interesting. It ha- sounds like Rabbi Huda also holds like Rabbi Meir, right? He agrees with Rabbi Meir, amazingly, that the Pasuk is teaching you that the Nizak is reimbursed for only half the loss, even through the sale of the living animal. Okay, so wait a minute. So now that we're explaining it that way, Rabbi Huda and Rameyer sound exactly the same. Ask the Minale, where does Rabbi Huda learn this? Mi vegam esa Yeah, because indeed, uh oh, Rameyer and Rabbi Huda sound very similar. The Pasuk says, vegam esa mesechatsun, that you should also divide the value of the dead. Um, Wait a minute. But Rabbi Huda learned it differently. We just spent this whole time explaining Machlokas, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda, where we said that Rabbi Huda holds that you sell half the dead and half the live. So if that's the case, right, he already has that, uh, his own shot in that Pasuk, and that was the whole point of our Mishnah, that Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir learned that right, Pasuk differently. Uh, so Rava answers to that, no, im kein nichtav krav ve'es hames. What, what, my vagam? Why did it say vagam esames? So, right, that's what the Pasuk says. So, what's this extra word vagam? So, that's what the Rava concludes. Shmami natarti. That really, right, we're learning two halachas according to Rabbi Yehuda. One was halacha of Rabbi Meir that it all comes out of value of Barry's bull, right, as well as the fact that each 
both Barry and Andrew share in the benefit of the appreciation. That's what that means. So again, Rebbe holds that the Vegam Ace teaches you this additional halacha, right? That Barry has a share, right, in the carcass as far as the Shvach Nevela, right? So to the extent that the appreciation of Andrew's bull is going to diminish how much Barry has to pay, Rabbi Yehuda is going, that's going to be his Kiddush that he learns from the Gam Ace in the Pasuk. However, he's going to agree that if there is a Pas Nevela, depreciation after, after the death of the animal, for that, Barry is not liable for half of the additional depreciation because there, Atam can't have a greater liability than a Muad. So because of that Svara, we split the Adam, we split the, the Pasuk in half, and we say that with regards to depreciation, that's not on Barry, uh, according to Rabbi Yehuda, whereas appreciation, with regards to appreciation, he will indeed agree with Rabbi Meir, okay, that, that, that Barry can in fact get. So we got to the Mishnah on Lamedal and Bays before 6 a.m., and that is an awesome sign, Andrew, because you have a lot to be, um, to be optimistic about. And that is, in fact, the, the whole idea of Hanukkah, optimism. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. What's going on here? Well, one can be hit by somebody sure. In other words, somebody can injure, a human being can injure another human being, or an injured uh, human being sure can injure another human being. Sometimes you're going to be chayev for what the shore does, but putter if you did the same action on your own. And sometimes, sometimes what the shore does is going to be putter, but if you had done the same action, you'd be chayev. So let's look, go, go through the examples. Shore should be a shpater, right? So if someone's shore embarrasses somebody, you're going to be putter because for humiliation, as we've said, right, you have to have kavana to humiliate somebody, or at least kavana for the action, as we'll see. But who should be a right? But human beings pay boshes, right? So boshes isn't from what a shore does, but only from what a human being does, and that is a difference there. Shore shesim es ain't avdavipos shino pater. We also have halachas with regards to avadim. If a human being hits someone else's evad, uh, or his own uh, evad, right? If a, if a human being, rather, a master, knocks his evad's eye or tooth out, then he's going to be chayev. However, not if his shore, right? So if the shore does, does that to the evad, right? One's shore blinds one's evad. So that's not on the master. In other words, you don't have to pay for that and, and, and therefore, right, he's also, by the way, not even required to set free, as we said many times, right, that's immediately you get set free as an evid if your master knocks out your eye or tooth, but not if uh, your master's ox knocks out your eye or tooth, right, so we see there's a level of intent there, and we already talked about that, if the doctor is working on it and knocks the, the, the tooth out, would you say then, right? We already discussed that a few weeks ago. So be that as it may, if the shore knocks it out, he's potter, whereas if the evan knocks it out, he's chayv. Okay, so that's another case where the distinction between a shore and, and a master. If the master knocks it out, he's chayv. Shore shechav chayv. Okay, this is an interesting idea. If a shore is chovel, the shore's master's parents, right? They come over for yantiv and the shore mauls them. So, you have to pay for the damages. Why do you, okay. However, potter. But if a person, Rahman's son was chovel and his parents, he's potter again from paying damages. Why? Because we've already said he's chayv misa. That's kim le'mid rabamine. You're going to be, you're going to have much bigger problems 
and you're not going to have to pay for damages, but you're going to have to pay, right, in Besdin, for sure, for, you're going to have to pay with your life for such a thing. But be that as it may, the human being doesn't pay damages there. The shore, if it happens, if, if his, the master's bull does it, you do pay damages. Uh, and finally, right? if one's ox sets fire to someone else's uh, property, then you're going to be chayv to pay for that. However, and as we will see, uh, and we've already seen, if one lights someone else's property on Shabbos, then he's going to be chayev. Why? Says the Mishnah. Because already he's chayev, right? He's chayev already for lighting on Shabbos. And therefore, the payment, at least, is forgiven in that case, right? Because of the kimle, once you get the more serious offense, you do not have to pay for the actual um, financial damage. Okay. That, this is all already, right, uh, stuff that we've learned. And therefore, we now continue with the Gemara. The Gemara wants to understand this idea of strefa. Tani Rabbi Abba, Kameda Rabbi Yochanan. Kola mekalkalin paturin chutz mechovalumavir. Wait a minute. Yeah. First of all, in order to say that you're chayiv misa uh, for lighting a fire, we want to emphasize the idea that usually when it comes to Shabbos, melachas mechshevis aser Torah. Really, on Shabbos, the only thing that's typically aser is a constructive melacha. This fire is a destructive melacha. Also, inflicting wounds is a destructive melacha. And both of those are actually mentioned in our Mishnah, right? Inflicting wounds and setting something on fire. So there, however, the destruction is the malacha. And we know that those are malachas. Chovel and Mavir are malachas. Shabbos Kufbav, as you might recall. We say that those malachas, despite being destructive, you're going to be chayev, even though it's not constructive, but it's destructive. So Amalei, Rabbi Yochanan says, Puktani Levra, go teach that, out of the, get that b'risa out of the base matters. Chovel Mavir Nishna. This idea of Chovel Mavir is something destructive that is going to be chayev is not really uh, something that we learn, right? In fact, you're not chayev for Chovel Mavir. And if you think, wait a minute, that is true that we are chayev, right? So, uh, as after all, we're, we're going to learn that in our, I mean, first of all, it's implied in our Mishnah. It's going to also be learned later as well. So we say, no, that's a different case. It's still only, it's still uh, the only mekalke that's chayev, but it's not in every case. It's only, right, for a constructive end goal. So, for example, if you inflict a wound because he needs the blood for his dog, or if you light something on fire because you need the ashes. So you see what's going on here? You're doing a destructive pa'ula, right? You're doing something that's a destructive act, but for a constructive purpose. So it is true, still, that only that these are gonna be the only mechalkel where the actual act is destructive and you're still gonna be chayef, but it has to be for a constructive purpose, says Rabbi Yochanan. And it's only in those cases. So now wait a minute. Let's see, right? If that's really true, look at our Mishnah again. It's not. We learned our Mishnah. Shor shehid lekas a goddess b'shavas chayev, right? If a shor lights a goddess on Shabbos, he's chayev. Who shehid lekas b'shavas potter? And if a person, a human being, lights something on fire, uh, he is potter from what? From paying the monetary uh, aspect of it because he's chayev misa. Vikatani who do me the shor? Now the fact that our Mishnah is fascinating parallels the human being to the shore, it must be the same case, right? Because we're paralleling the cases. So we say, ma shor de lo We therefore can assume that just like when an ox, right, 
when he sets something on fire, he's just like not doing it with any real intent because he's an ox and he barely has a brain, right? As we get to Lamed Hayam and Aleph. So too, the person, you can't say that it's a case where he needs the ashes. This shot of Rabbi Yochanan doesn't fit with our Mishnah. Because clearly in our Mishnah, we say that the human being is like the shore, and just like the shore has no real intent, the human being also has no real intent. And still we say that he's potter from financial payment because he's chai of Misa. What do you learn from that, Andrew? That you're chai of Misa for a destructive act of fire, even when you had no intent for the ashes, and even in there, that mechalculin is paturim. That's, that's going to be, right, I'm sorry, in that, in that kilk, despite the fact that he's kilkel, kol makalkin paturim, chutz mi fire. In the case of fire, you are still going to be chayev. So the Gemara, no, you, you're reading the Mishnah wrong. You said that you read the Mishnah so that, right, that, that the person that's just like the shore doesn't have any, right, uh, kavana, so to the, the person doesn't have kavana. It's the opposite. Look, shore dumya diday. No, it's the shore's kavana has to be similar to the human being. Mahud the just like human beings are intentional, Afshar the Kavileh. The shore has to be intentional, which is to say that the shore is only going to be Chayev if he did something intention if he did it intentionally. Says the Gemara, Shore Echi Mishkachasle. Wait a minute, the shore has barely a brain. How do you find that he needs the ashes? So Amalei Avia, Hachamai Skinan. We're talking about a case, Bashor Pikach Shotol and Shikha Begabo. Yeah, sometimes a shore, it's not as dumb as it looks. A shore Pikach, smart shore. He, somebody bit his back. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to do some self care. He burns a stack and rolls in the ashes to relieve his pain. And, and says, ask the Gemara, a fascinating question. Who's to know what the shore's actual uh, thought process is? We don't, we can't get it in his head. So how do you know that, the, I mean, we know that that's what he did, but how do you know that was intention? Says the Gemara, do the Vasa de Kali, the Migander, Bekutma. Yeah. Because look what he did. He burnt the stack and then rolled on the ashes. So clearly that's what he did. And that was his intention. So the Gemara, is that really even a thing? Have you ever seen a shore self-medicate like that? So the Gemara, yeah. We went to her papa's house. He had a really smart shore. He happened to have had, Andrew loves this, the, tooth, the toothache, right? Right? went down, pushed the cover off a beer barrel, and he made himself drunk on purpose to kind of alleviate the pain. He knew what was going on. <laughs> That's right. By the way, yes, this is, until last year, this was what, how I was healing every single case. Very good. Okay, it doesn't straighten the teeth, Andrew. That's ridiculous. Okay, it's old school dentistry. That's true. Papa. So, the Rabbanim said in front of her Papa, can you really say that the Mishnah is talking about where the, the shore has the same mentality as the human being? But the Mishnah teaches where? In the beginning. Shore should be Again, this is not going to be consistently uh, making sense throughout the Mishnah because we said when it comes to embarrassing, the shore is pater. Why? Because if you're going to say consistently throughout the Mishnah that the shore has to have the same mentality as the human being, well, where do you have a case where the shore is trying to embarrass somebody? That doesn't sound like a, the, logical at all. So the Gemara, she's coming the Hazik. That's a fascinating, abstract, little subtlety. Really, the action and the intent of the human and the shore are similar, right? They're both just co- uh, have covenant to cause damage. The Amar Mar, he's coming the Hazik. is coming the Remember that? We said that all you need is to have kavana, but not really kavana to embarrass, even as a human being, but kavana to do the action. Remember the guy was falling off the roof and then he contorted himself in midair? 
before he fell on, in order to uh, soften his blow by falling on somebody and thus embarrassing them? Well, he didn't have to have the actual kavana to embarrass them, but as long as he had kavana for the action of contorting in midair and falling on them, that was enough to pass the threshold of, of busha, and therefore that can be attributed to a shor. A shor can have kavana lahazik, just the kavana lahazik is enough to pay the bosha. It's amazing. Okay, so now, that was Rabbi Yochanan's re, uh, resolution, right? Okay, so now, we're going to say, that, again, of the idea of, do you have kavana for the fire in order to, for it to be destructive? However, Rava has a different shot. Rava Amar Masnisen Bishogeg. The whole case is our mission is talking about an alternative shot that even if a person, right, sets something on fire, Bishogeg on Shabbos, he's going to be putter from pain, right? And he holds like the famous sheet of Tadav Echizkiah. We say it outside uh, first. We've learned it already. That Chizkiah, holds that Kimle would apply even in a case where you don't actually chayv misa, even if the misa activity, as long as you did a misa, a chayv misa activity, b'shogeg, you're not going to be chayv for the financial payment. That's the big chiddush of Tanah Let's see it inside. The Tanah make adam behema. Pasuk draws an analogy from striking a person and striking an animal, right? Striking a person uh, and then, right, you get killed, you don't pay money, right? That's kimlay. So, so too, striking an animal has some similarities, even though there you do pay the damages. How so? This following analogy. Right? It doesn't matter how you strike an animal. You're always going to have to pay regard for the damage, regardless of whether you did or mazes. And it doesn't matter whether you did it intentionally or you did it with an upward or a downward blow. Right? We're not go- it's not going to help, right? Lepotro mamon, right? You're you're, go, you're going to exempt him from paying money? No, in those cases. El mamon. In all those cases, you're going to be chayev, right? Again, for animals, you're only, you're paying always for the damages. So so too af ma adam lo tachlok bo b'mishogid lemezid b'miskavon l'shem miskavon medechli medechli lechayvo mamon, right? So too for a human being, it's not going to matter whether it's shogig lemezid, but in that case, not right? Not lechayvo mamon, el lepotro mamon. So again. When it comes to damages of animals, it doesn't matter whether you did it up, you did it down, miscavin, let miscavin, you're always going to have to pay for the damages of an animal. Well, in any case of homicide, even if you're going to, right, be doing it beshogeg and derechalia in ways that, you, that nobody would ever give you the death penalty in Bezdin, it's still like analogous to Always when, you, always when you damage an animal, you're going to have to pay regardless of the circumstances. So too, always when Rahman al-Tzlan, a human being, kills another human being, even if it's completely Bishogeg, he's always going to be putter from the financial payment. That Kimle of Tana de Bechizkia applies any time that you'd be, so to speak, any time we talk about killing somebody, the, right, even if the death penalty is not imposed, right, even if it's not even on purpose, you're going to be putter mamun. Okay, so that's how you explain uh, our Mishnah. So Amr Lei Rabbanu Larava Mi Matzitz Mukmas Labeshogeg. So okay. So what's going on again here? That the Mishnah is talking about when he did the shogeg, right? And the strafer was Bishogeg. and for that for that reason, you don't have to pay the. That's why you don't have to pay the mamon. Says the Gemara. But our Mishnah doesn't sound like you did it Bishogeg. It says Behami Pnation Nidod Benafsho Katani. It says that the perpetrator is exempt from paying explicitly because he's getting the death penalty. 
So it sounds like it can't be a case of shogeg because you wouldn't be doing, getting the death penalty in a case of shogeg. Says the Gemara Hachikamar. Rav is explaining, no, kevan the bemezid nino It means that it's a kind of scenario of homicide, but it's accidental homicide, where had he, where had, he had done it intentionally, he indeed would be chayev benafsho, but in this particular case, he didn't do it intentionally. And what's the case, right? What will be the case? Where he needs the afar. So again, if he had, if he needed the, the afar and he set, right, uh, the, the case, he set stuff on fire, right? In that case, even if his act was bishogeg, he's still going to be putter for payment. So in other words, he set something on fire, bishogeg, and still you're going to be putter from payment because had he done so amazing, you would be putter from payment. And that is the analogy between the two, according to Rava. Fine. So now we arrive at the mission in the bottom of Lamed Hamad Aleph, and we have cases of how you divide up different payments. This is going to be a nice intro to the new parak that we start Bezat Hashem tomorrow. Bring your volume twos if you're doing articles. Shorsha Yerodifach Hashor Acher. Here we go, Barry. Your ox is chasing Andrew's ox. Vehuzok. And now the ox is found damaged. Zeomer Shorcha Hizik. Vezeomer Lok Yelabeselaka. But all this happened in the field, right? We don't know how Andrew. <laughs> Two bulls run off into the field. Andrew's bull comes back lame. So Andrew says to Barry, look what your bull did. Barry says, no, what are you talking about? Your, your, your clumsy short ran into a rock. And that's how it got, that's how it got injured. Why do I have to pay you for that? So Andrew, you're going to have to prove that it was Barry. You're going to have to go to the surveillance camera and prove that it was Barry short, right? You want Barry to pay you? Show that it was his short that caused the damage. Okay, similarly, so now, Two, now Barry and Andrew Shore are chasing Phil Shore. Phil, Phil Shore comes back mauled so, or, or is found dead in the field. So, of course, Barry blames Andrew Shore. Andrew blames Barry Shore. Shname to him. You're both butter. Again, because each one of you, nobody could prove who did it. So, and again, these are all principles of Amotzi Mechaber, all of Araya. However, the Gemara is going to explain why it says Shneim Chayavin. But if both of Barry's bulls were, uh, were chasing Phil's, and Phil's, it was clear that Phil got mauled by a bull, he was bitten and everything like that, so then Barry's going to have to somehow pay, we'll see. So now, if one uh, of the axes was big and small, again, if you're talking about a case of, let's say, a short time, right, where you're paying Megufo, right, where you're paying based, where there's a cap on how much you're going to pay based on uh, whether the damaging ox was valuable or not, well, Andrew wants to say that it was the big valuable ox damaged because that cap is much higher. Whereas Barry wants to say, no, it was my little tiny chihuahua ox that, that, that damaged you, and therefore the most he'll ever pay is $20 because that thing is worth 40 bucks. So echad tam echad muad. So there is a distinction we're going to see. In all those cases, it's going to be a motzi Andrew, you want to get the money out of Barry's giant ox, you better prove that that was the ox that did it, right? Match up maybe the teeth marks on your ox. Okay, similarly, so there again, assuming we continue with our principle that mood always going to pay more than the tom, so Andrew claims that it was Barry's habitual belligerent bull that did the damage, and therefore he's going to get Nezek Shalem. Whether, whereas Hamazik Omer Loki Ela Tam Hizik. Andrew says, like, no, 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 no. It was my first time offender. I'm only paying Khatin Hizik to you, Andrew. In all those cases, the Motsi Mechaberu Alavaraya. Andrew, you want Barry to show you the money, give him the proof, and we'll give you the higher payment. Okay? Finally, 
We talked about two oxen chasing. Okay, in this case, there are two damaged oxes. One large, one small. And another two damaging oxes. One big, one small. So in all of these cases, right, Andrew's two bulls are now parallel playing with Andrew's, with Barry's two bulls. One is big, one small. So Andrew always wants to say, right, that the biggest bull damage the biggest bull, and the smallest bull damage the smallest bull, because that's how you maximize your profits, Andrew, right? That's the case that's the best for you. The mazik omer, right, because it's the most amount of payment out for the biggest amount of damage. The mazik omer, once you mix and match, so then each case is going to be minimized by either the tininess of the damager or the damagee, so that's what Barry would prefer. Same thing with Tom and Muad, as we said before, right? Andrew wants it to be all matching up to get the most money. Barry wants it to be mix and match to pay the least. It is incumbent on you, Andrew, to prove in order to get more money. So we made some headway, and we'll resume Bezat Hashem tomorrow on Hanukkah, and we'll have a miracle of Hanukkah Bezat Hashem because tomorrow we're going to move real fast, starting for the Gemara on Lamed Hey, Amad Bez.